0: This is the Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson, and with me this week are Jim Spence and Sean Hamilton. Well, gentlemen, I think we can safely say none of us saw Saturday lunchtime coming, did we? And I don't think you could I don't think many people, I don't think I don't think we were in the in a club of three there. I think most people expected he looked at the form book, looked at the sort of mood music, all the rest of it. Rangers were coming to Tannery's and if not beating Dundee United well, they would get the job done. But Jim, as our man in the ground, what happened?
1: Well, it was um, it was a terrific Dundee United performance. Eric, that was the first thing. I think Tom Courts has got his tactics spot on. I think he proved. He made a great comment after standing, you know, listening to him, and he's after match press conference. Oh yeah, and, I know and, what you're going and, to say and, then. I, I made the crack about minerals, which I thought yeah. was absolutely <laughs> splendid, you know. And and you know what? On reflection, it was absolutely spot was, on. Was Do that Lockstock and two us?
0: smoking barrels, or, yeah. was it, or was it snatch? <laughs> I don't know. Which one, one, of
1: the two. <laughs> one of the two. You know, I was expecting to see the pit bull terrier living. <laughs> It was uh, no, it, it was it was terrific. I mean, he set the team up beautifully. I mean, you know, you are a, a, mid, a, a midfield of kind of hearts, Butcher folks that were really competitive, fought for every ball, won many of them. You know, uh, plenty of interceptions, plenty of passes. Some went astray, some didn't. Um, you know, you got good service from Paula and Chalmers as well. Not your Clark, kind of. You know, they didn't have a, a natural number ten, if you want. You know, um, but Clark kind of um, Clark did well. But I thought mainly uh you know the thing that struck me was <clears throat> i thought defensively they were quite superb I, I really did think they were superb you know i mean um they got superb service at Mulgrew and Edwards. I thought Mulgrew in particular, he put his head where angels fear to tread. Um, at one stage, he was heading the ball off the deck when it seemed easier to kick it. When he went down, he almost did his elbow in at the time near the end of the game. It was a truly uh, superb performance. That's three times I've used that word, but it's 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 hard to, you know, I think it's hard to describe. You were not there in the flesh just to, what an impact he had on the game. It, it, it was a real kind of, uh, it was a real driving, energetic force from him. He, he, he was everywhere. He was into every tackle. He was into every clearance. I, I, you know, I, I, as was Edwards. It was all round, it was a, a, a quite fantastic performance in terms of energy, the tempo they started at. They took the game to Rangers early on. They let Rangers know they were in the game. I thought Rangers were off the pace to, to a great extent, but I think they were off the pace because of the ferocity of the approach that United took. Probably surprised,
0: um, weren't they? They probably took yeah, the easy. Were.
1: I think they were. But the other thing was it wasn't just a kind of, you know, a, an up and atom approach. There was a lot of really good football played. There was some very tidy football played, nice lovely goal. Nice. It's a lovely yeah, goal. goal. beautiful much, goal. Rob much Robinson trickier finish.
0: Go. Much trickier finish than maybe you would think, isn't it? it, it, you, you it think was, A lot it, of them it, could just have been it, hooked past the far yeah. post, couldn't they?
1: He took it very, very well. I, I, and you know, I'm, I'm glad for, for Jimmy Robson as well, because he's, he's a young lad. He always think that, you know, local boys, um, and, and he's kind of Cooper Angus area, Jamie, I always think local boys get some more stick at, at, at clubs, particularly in the Dundee, with the two Dundee clubs. And I, I think he's had his share of stick over the time. And he, he's a smashing young player. He's got energy, he's got tempo, he's got pace, you know. Um he, he defends well. He, he, you know, as a defender, he's learning it all, all the time. He's still a young boy. Um, I thought he, he took his goal terrifically. All round, it was a quite terrific performance from United, and I'm glad for Tam Courts because he has had his critics. He's had people who don't want him in the job; they don't think he's got the the minerals, uh, and he's proven, I think, on Saturday he does. You know, if you beat the league champions, aside who have gone so long unbeaten with such a terrific performance. I think there's no doubt in my mind that, that you know that um, Tam Courts has uh, you know has got something about him.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, Sean, the, the formation seemed to suit them better for starters, didn't it?
2: yeah i mean i i think you've sort of addressed this at the start but from my part i'll i'll, I'll come clean on my <laughs> prediction uh, which was not positive <laughs> i don't think <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah I, I, I didn't think they had a chance at all um and I, I, as i said at the time i don't think that was that was a particularly controversial thing to say i don't think many people would have thought uh, that they' had any chance but um as jim says they were they were they were really, really good defensively from from the very beginning, um, and what impressed me was largely—I mean, quite a lot impressed me actually. But one of the things that impressed me was was the, how organised they looked, mm-hmm. which and is it, a
0: sign of good coaching. Sounds like it's—you know—well, it's, it's that's it. A plus B equals C stuff, but it is, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah. They 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 they'd looked really, really solid in their shape, and I thought Mulgrew was fantastic. I thought he was really, really good. Um and for me, star man in the piece I think was it was jean Fuchs. I thought he was brilliant, really, really good, really important to that side. Um and, and I know he was he was one of the ones that we sort of flagged after the Aberdeen game, maybe questioning why 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 he wasn't starting. I think after that, what you saw against Rangers was was what he's good at and it's just he's a really, really tidy, I suppose, is the word, player in midfield. Um, I mean, he, he, <laughs> we spoke about Ali McCann's performance for St. Johnson against Galatasaray in terms of disrupting and keeping the ball and looking after it, and, and that's what Fuchs did um, against Rangers. I think he, w- he was really aggressive. When he got the ball, he kept it, generally. Um, he didn't overcomplicate anything. I, I just think he was, he was really, really impressive. But... The whole lot of them were were great, and we saw Logan Chalmers, um, as well. Obviously, went off just after half time. Um, but all things considered, I, I I just think it was it was an exceptional performance. And all right, you could maybe look at Rangers and say maybe they were a wee bit one dimensional on the day. I mean, they they just seemed to keep cross after cross after cross after, cross, it, after yeah. cross into the box, and Dundee and I just mopped them up. I mean, they, they, like as I say, Mulgrew was excellent. Edwards was was really really good. Robson was great. Smith. I mean, they all, they all had you could you could pick any one of them. They all had a really good game. I
0: know. I don't buy into. I mean, oh, we'll see how it pans out. That I don't really buy into the fact that all oh, Rangers can't play in front of supporters. But what I, what I do think is is a very relevant point is that it's kind of on the back of the one you made there, Sean. That that cross after cross after cross. I don't think they would have done that season. Uh, Last season, because they would have been more measured, they would have been more patient. You know, it was more like, I don't want to say training ground football, but you know what I mean? They could, you know, you could stick to a plan, you know, you could stick to a plan far easier when there weren't fans in the ground. And that's, I think, where Rangers got caught out. All of a sudden they did, they just started putting cross after cross after cross. Whereas, Had there been no supporters, had they been able to just kind of think, okay, we'll we'll get there eventually, you know, no panic. You know, there's no no shouts from the touchlines from across the, you know, in the stands. I think they would have been more patient, Jim. They probably would have stuck to their game plan, whereas it kind of went out the window, didn't it?
1: Yeah, you know, the, the, there was <clears throat> there were a couple of really interesting things I think, um, Eric, and I noticed it at Den's the week before as well. We've all been kind of you know very very keen to have fans back in the ground. United had the um, you know both the Shed End and the, and the Eddie Thompson Stand. Um, you know, you occupied. thought that made a big and, difference. And, didn't and you? The, 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 noise, the noise level at times is quite incredible. It's quite stunning, you know. You two lots, and you know, I mean, I, I'm kind of almost in that camp that you know you never see fans scoring a goal. But I think I think when you've got a home support. Behind the team, behind the team, cheering them on, you know, and and, and and cutting them a bit of slack when there are mistakes or, you know, the ball goes <coughs> goes wide or astray or whatever. I think that helps immensely. You know, I mean, I, I'm a great believer in encouraging players. I, I don't think players respond well to being booed and shouted at and screamed at and all the rest of it. I think when you've got encouragement, it lifts players. Players know they can get away with it. You know, players don't make mistakes Deliberately, They don't do it to annoy people. They do it, you know, because they mis- they misplaced a pass in the heat of battle or they misread or misjudged something. And I thought that the, 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 the Tannaday's crowd was, was terrific on Saturday. It gave, it gave fantastic backing. It was generous in its support and all the rest of it. But it was a two-way street because the players from the start indicated with their approach that, you know, they were, they were there to give the fans something to kind of, you know, to, to shout about. <clears throat> and, and they did that. And, I mean, I think the important thing, on Saturday and looking ahead to the rest of the season, as I mean, a lot of people will make the point about United starting Aberdeen, completely forgetting that Aberdeen have actually strengthened really well and looked like being a really decent side. I mean, you know, th- this is kind of you know, on, on the one hand, you could almost argue it was Lamont Marcel, uh, Marcel Jacobs stuff from the um, the, the hundred meters final. Where did that come from? But just like he had the speed in the locker somewhere, Dundee United have got this in the locker. You know, I mean, th- th- this this wasn't kind of. Pumpherson juniors or or downfield taking Rangers on you thought wow where did that come from I mean they're, they're, you know Dundee they're a decent side you know and, and although we didn't expect them to beat Rangers they, you could see quite clearly on Saturday what there is in the locker now the key job for Tam Coats and his assembled kind of coaching staff is to get that out of them on a consistent basis and also to um you know to, to to progress the younger players and 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 whoever else is coming in we expect a couple of players in over the next week or two um because there are players there who, you know, who really have something about them. Chalmers is one. is another one I like very much. And Fuchs, as Sean mentioned there, it would be a toss-up for me. between. I, I went for Mogroud because he thought he gave a captain courageous performance. But Fuchs was quite tremendous. You know, he looked like uh, we Margaro Gomez at his best, but we had a bit more physicality um, about him. You know, he was busy about the place. He was into things. He was winning balls. He was giving it short. You know, he, he wasn't taking chances and giving the ball away. I thought all round... It was a terrific performance, and you could see quite clearly that you know th- th- there is a football team and they are bursting to get out.
0: Yeah, well, that's a an sort of exciting prospect for United fans, I would say, moving forward that that they can that they can build on this. And of course, it's it's another of the old fo- football cliches, Sean, isn't it? But that's the sort of benchmark that they've set for themselves now, isn't it? And United fans, as a minimum, will expect that sort of level of commitment from the first whistle and that attitude, that mindset won't they? Yeah, uh, yes, uh,
2: they're, they're entitled to, uh, I mean obviously every, every team I mean, has know, sorry, I, they, I, I know I it think.
0: only, yeah, the old firm coming does bring a certain level of, you know, energy and, you know, sort of, you know you're ready for that type of game, aren't you? So it's it's not fair to say they, they can get to that intensity every week but yeah, there's certain things that need to be a given under, sorry, carry on Sean.
2: No, I mean, I mean I, I'm actually put in mind of, of that Aberdeen performance towards the end of last season actually uh, in the cup when they went up there and cuffed him um, under Mickey Mellon and, and all they taught that day quite rightly was about how, how perfectly they'd sort of judged the occasion and how well they'd played the game and Mickey Mellon afterwards was giving it, you know, that that's the benchmark sort of thing I think that's the last time I heard that uh, although actually I think Tam Courts maybe said it as well, didn't he? After Sunday, I think he's maybe they used all, that They
0: all say benchmark. it, they all say it
2: so, in the uh, but yeah, there was there was talk last season about after that game about that being the benchmark in terms of how they wanted to perform week in, week out, and it just it was never met after that. No, I didn't, um, It no. kind of fell off a bit. So the the onus is, is now on the players um, and Tam Courts as well to, to do a bit of motivating and, and to what what you would what Tam Courts would hope I would think is that that. The players will have bought in after that performance to what he's trying to do. So if 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 elements of that performance, Mm. the ones we've discussed, like the organisation in particular, they saw that worked. So that's that could be a big thing for a coach because if they come in and and they're asking, yeah, they're asking players to to do new things or whatever. There's inevitably probably there's going to be a bit of skepticism from some players I would have thought about it. But a performance like that where if those plans have been implemented and everybody's done the job they've been asked to do and it's worked to that extent and they've got a fantastic result against Rangers, that could be a performance that that actually turns that dressing room for Tam courts, I feel like. If all those players go, well, if we do what he's telling us to do, look what we can achieve here. No, absolutely. So that, that, that could be the case for Dundee United off the back of that. And I, and I, and I certainly hope it is. Um, for Dundee United and and for Tam Courts as well, because we've spoken about his appointment in in various ways since it happened. There there, there has been a degree of scepticism in in, in some quarters about it. But I mean, I I, I remember looking at it when it happened and actually feeling quite enthusiastic about it. And yeah, there, there are questions you can ask about his experience and what have you. But at the same time, it's one that I would love to see being successful because it's because it is sort of a different approach for a Scottish club to take. Um, so, if if indeed it is the case that, that this performance against Rangers has, has you know contained big elements of Tam Courts' tactical sort of master plan that, that has come to fruition, and off the back of that, these these players will will buy into what's going on there then that that's that could be a, a, a brilliant thing for Dundee United and I hope that is the case.
0: No well, I, th- I think it's the biggest thing Jim just as as we're speaking about it. I mean we 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 touched on it after Tam Course was appointed a couple of podcasts later as well I think just basically saying that his biggest job is you know, is getting getting the players to John used the phrase the the buy in isn't it you know and you you can you get that in a few ways but if there are little subtle things, there's bound to be. If there've been little subtle things in his game plan, that the players have come and think, "Wow, that was that was spot on." How did that? You know, that that's really what to treat. That is, you know, the the shows your medal stuff goes straight out of the window, is not it? Because you know, it, it shows your coaching credentials. Uh-huh.
1: Eric, I think the thing is, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter where you you know you've got Tam Courts backgrounds or Jose Marino's backgrounds. There, there are always players. Who will be sk- in any dressing room? You'll have one or two. I, I, I don't mean bad apples, and I'm not, not, not specifically so makes, yeah. mentioning Dundee United in this. I mean it's the nature of human life, and it's the nature of sport and football in particular that there'll be one or two people in the dressing room that are no sure about a manager, don't like it. They like to think they're the big time Charlie, and they they they, they want to put their their kind of their point of view in. Or, or that's, the, that's the nature of any. You know, you've got cliques and all the rest of it. Um, you've, you've got all of these things. A, a, a winning team kind of cures pretty much most of that. I think the key thing that <clears throat> that is emerging from Tannery, he says, you know, United are owned by an an American owner, and um, I kind of wonder how much of the American mentality is is, is involved in what United are trying to do, because, you know, in America, you have have managers or such, you have coaches, but you have a collectivist effort, Uh, bizarrely for the greatest capitalist nation on earth when it comes to sport, they're they're actually quite socialist about it, the way they organise their finances and drafts and all the rest of it, but in terms of the actual management structure, kind of... It's very collectivist, you know. The use of their analysts, their statisticians, statisticians, um, the sports scientists, the you know the sports psychologists, the whole the whole bit. You know, there is a kind <clears> of <throat> a real collectivist mentality about that. And the coach is the coach is is a uh, you know, he's primus centre Paris he's first among eight walls, but but everyone has a, a great say, and I suspect that's what's going to happen. I mean, I was watching, try and watch some of the body language. Now it depends on your your view of of, of life. I think body language can tell you quite a lot. I was watching courts as he maybe gave instructions during the when players were getting a bit of water or, <clears throat> you know, substitutions and all the rest. Of and you can see, you kind of sensed that players were, were appreciative and, 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 to use the word, buying in uh, uh, and, you know, keen to, to see what the manager said. There was a bit of humour involved and all the rest of it. He never at any stage looked to me on the sidelines like a man who was panicking or a man who was um, you know, out of control with himself. And this is only one game, you know, as as was Aberdeen. And and, you know, the test of, of Tom Courts and the test of these players will come over a number of games, and I think I said the other week you want six, eight games into the season, I think, before you make a kind of firmish predictions on how it's going to go. In a modern game, when new squads where squads kind of change quite radically and all the rest of it. Players come in that you know very little about. Um, but, you know, you, you can only judge on the basis of, of what you see and on the basis of what I saw on Saturday in terms of kind of, the tempo United player, the the aggression, the, the the controlled aggression they brought to the game, um the game plan the way they you know, the way they to a great extent snuffed out Rangers danger. Uh, a in midfield uh, uh, and forced them into kind of playing you know the ball in from wide the high balls in for wide and they dealt terrifically with that I mean at Segrist secret actually had a really really quiet afternoon so uh-huh. there were lots there were lots of things to look at on Saturday and say you know what Courts and that Dundee United squad and I mean the entire coaching squad and the entire playing squad got this absolutely spot on it was a really really solid uh, and impressive performance
0: Yeah we'll come back to United when we do our a- a round up at the end of the podcast on looking at the, the cup games at the at the weekend and obviously they'll be wanting to make sure they, they build they have that result as their template, not the one up in uh up in Aberdeen. Time to talk Dundee, Sean, and like I like I said, we didn't see this one coming either, did we? We were talking this up as a, as as the if not the right time to go to Celtic Park as near as damn it. But This again will have a combination of uh, it's like the it's the absolute it's the total reverse of United and Rangers, the the old firm team that Dundee played against showed their real showed the real selves if you want if if the best showed their best selves, and Dundee didn't.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think that's fair enough. Yeah, I mean James James kind of summed it up quite nicely himself. Uh, Dundee's performance I think he says we were nowhere near good enough and never got close enough to Celtic all over the pitch so <laughs> that's uh, he's not hiding away from that that's pretty scathing um, and under the circumstances I don't I don't think Dundee fans or, or, or anybody would, would well Dundee fans specifically wouldn't want to hear any different sort of message from their manager really because there's no <laughs> there's no getting away from it that's poor um, and all right Celtic indeed might have uh, might have turned up if you like in a way that that maybe they haven't um, in games but, previously yeah, in while. some games previously this season and uh, because we have spoken about them did last week call them well I think we called them a team in transition I think we were being polite about it at the time um, but that was uh, yeah you can't argue with six nothing that is an absolute hounding and. Um, Celtic have obviously turned up, Dundee have not at all and that's going to be the concern for for James McPake going forward uh, because that sort of not turning up element and and that level of a defeat is is not, (laughs) you you can't have that on too many occasions throughout a season. So it's about getting over it this week and... um, getting the heads back in a good place because they were in a in a, in a reasonable run before that. It was quite good. I think they'd only had two defeats in 18 or something like that um, or something similar to that, if not that, before. Um, and those defeats, I mean, one of them would have been against St. Johnson last season in the Cup, which was, which was a game they could have won, um, in fact. So they, they, they were on a good run of form. So that's brought to a Potentially brought to a shuddering halt, but but the task is to to make sure that it doesn't completely derail them, and they can they can get themselves up and running again. And to be fair, I think we've seen every team um, in the Premiership take a take a hounding off Celtic at, at Celtic Park at one time or another. Um, so you yeah, just have to hope that's out of the way.
0: Yeah, it can knock the stuffing out of you, can't it? You know, St Johnston. have I've gone on really bad runs after taking a battering off Celtic, I think. But I think the worst one was when they they played them about two or three times within a fortnight, you know, and it really, really it had them down on the canvas and they struggled to get back up for a, for a while, you know, so it can do. But, Jim, I think Dundee are, a, you know, there's a lot of mitigation for Dundee, a, a promoted team, Celtic being very good, you know, Dundee have yet to find their, their level, you know, I think as far as... Probably as far as James McPate's concerned, and, and those of us watching them, I did think it kind of it did shine a light on a few issues in the team, though. And there's one of them, and I th- it's it's one I mentioned before, and perhaps perhaps they kind of they proved me wrong in that St. Johnson game that uh, that that uh, that Sean was talking about when they did raise their levels. But I I still have a, a when when you're going to Celtic Park when you know you're going to have to do a lot of running. And you, the other team's going to have a lot of the ball. I don't want to see McGowan and, and McGowan and Charlie Adam on the pitch. I just think that that leaves you with 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 not enough mobility. Would you, Would you agree? Both both quality players. I think you could maybe do it at home against yeah. you know teams you'd expect to to get a lot of the ball against. But that that didn't feel right to me. As soon as I saw the team lines. Talk about yourself, Jim.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I, I think the, the word that you um, you use there, Eric, uh, is the one that was going through my mind, you know, from watching the game, from watching the highlights and watched them again last night, watched them again this morning and it's mobility. Now, the, the, the problem with mobility, <clears throat> from McGowan and Adam's point of view, it's mobility from kind of, you know, from a central a central position, in, th- in this case almost a central defensive position because, you know, you're kind of getting forced back all the time with Celtic, Um I think, and and, and we've kind of, you know, we've not been bigging Dundee up, but they have been, I think, relatively impressive, you know, and and there are players about the place that that I do like. We mentioned that before McMullen, McGowan, and Charlie. These are class acts. the problem is when you play Celtic. I mean, Dundee, even Dundee United's uh, seasons will, will season will, will, will not be will not rest or fall on how they do against Celtic, or probably even Rangers. You know, rest on how they do against the kind of the teams that are in the bottom half of the table, and the occasional decent performance against Hibs or Aberdeen or whatever clubs who are much of a much. Just Celtic and Rangers tend to be on a different planet, and I think that was that was the problem on Saturday for Dundee. The touch, the fluency, the movement, the mobility that Celtic had, Dundee simply couldn't cope with. And, I know what James means when he talks about, you know, they didn't get close enough. The problem is in trying to get close enough to players like Christie and Furahashi, who by the way I thought just looks a phenomenal prospect. Um, trying to get close enough to players like that, and Abada, you know, and Turnbull, who are who are essentially quicker in mind than your players can be. It doesn't matter how much you raise your game, you cannot be that quick with the flicks and the tricks and the movements and you know and the layoffs and the turns and the gives and the goes. Um, it's so hard trying to match that over a period of 90 minutes you know mentally physically it's debilitating for players of a lesser quality and and the, you know and, and the problem is you know um, if Celtic turn up at their best they're going to beat Dundee if Dundee have turned up with their best arguably, that that might have been the same on Saturday with United and, and Rangers. Rangers giving the money, you know, Rangers are paying boys anything, anything from eight to 15 to 20 grand a week and more, you know, so, and Celtic are the same, you know, they, they have better players and when they turn up and they're at their best, they should beat the opposition at their best. So, I, I think, you know, would it have made a difference if, if they'd sacrificed McGowan for Adam or Adam for McGowan? Um, I, I, it, it may have done, but only marginally, I think, Eric, because it would only be one small element of mobility. I mean, I thought central defensively, Sweeney and Ashcroft, looked as though they were pulled all over the shop. Christy Elliott had a terrible Elliott had a time you know, of it, didn't he? Um, because you're up against, I mean, I, I have to say, I did think the Celtic goals, I thought, were spectacular. Uh, in terms of quality, the movement, the touch, you know, gone through it all already. Um, It's so hard trying to deal with that. You know, you you can come out and give the most committed performance in the world, but when you've got players that can change direction, you know, in a fraction of a second, uh, uh, and, you know, can jink one way, go the other, leave you dead, you know, as the Christie's and as the Fourahash's can do, and you've got people kind of pulling the strings in the middle like McGregor and, and, and Turnbull and all the rest of it, then it becomes very, very difficult to shut them down. So it was a hammering. And, 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 and I, you know, I really hate seeing the two local sides getting hammered like that from Celtic or Rangers. It's, it's just kind of, you hate, hate to see sides get, taking six from anyone. Um Sometimes there's simply very little you can do about it. And and sadly, you know, this is not like 30 or 40 years ago when there was much more of an even playing field in, in, in Scottish football. Celtic Rangers, by and large, are on a different planet these days in terms of the quality of player they can attract right throughout the team. And Dundee copped for that on Saturday. There was, you know, I mean, had they had kind of had they sacrificed one in midfield and given themselves more mobility, it might have been five now, you know, as opposed to six. But I, I think they just caught Celtic on a day where they were almost un, unstoppable. And and you know, they now simply have to put it behind them, hope that it doesn't infect the kind of mentality of the, uh, the side too much, um, uh, uh, and crack on with it. You know, um, you know, fortunately, by the time they they meet them again. Gordon Strachan may have returned from his 3 month spell at Celtic and be back at Dens. Oh, don't
0: go don't, don't, don't go too soon with that one Jim. But uh, what were your learnings uh, Sean for for Dundee from a Dundee
2: point of view? Don't play Celtic every week. <laughs> <laughs> would be the major one. <laughs> I think like I, I I do think your point about the midfield is is, is a is an interesting one. <laughs> and yeah, you yeah. Charlie Adam and and Paul McGowan give you something, right? They give you a bit of nous and they're they're a bit older, they're they're clever. Charlie's got a great left foot. He's he's a very, very good player. There's absolutely no doubt about it. But I think you're right. I think you you want a bit of dynamism, a bit more dynamism (laughs) (laughs) Uh, maybe, Uh, in particular against top, top teams in the league. And are are we calling Celtic that again now after that? (laughs) 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 Are they back? (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, we'll wait a wee bit. Think? We'll wait a wee bit. But uh, they, if they played like that every week, then they, and they, they they get two or three more players mm-hmm. around them, particularly at the back, I think. Then, then yes, you can see, you can certainly see with the way Rangers are playing a closing of the gap shall we say?
2: Well, that's one to watch. One to watch. That'll be uh, interesting.
0: Watch, I'll leave that to other podcasts.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, come on then, Jim. You're you're dying to uh, you're dying to get stuck in. This. What is your what is your feelings about? I don't know where I am with this Gordon Strachan thing. You know that I, I I can't make up my mind whether we think, well, this guy, my understanding is he doesn't have like a, a you know, like a, he's not like a, an employee of Dundee. Um, I don't know if you'd want to call him free. He's not freelance, but you know, you, you know, I mean, consultant, I don't know. I know he's called technical director, but you know, it's always been a bit sort of, you know, it's a loose sort of arrangement. Would that be fair, Jim? But, and now he's going. To, he's going to do three months at uh, at Celtic, doing similar. Now I'm not saying the job descriptions are exactly the same, but similar type work. You know, basically sorting out academies, having a look at things. How does that? How does this sit with you? You, it's it's not normal. Um, yeah, what's your feelings? Well, it, it, it's quite intriguing, isn't it? I mean,
1: Dundee Dundee put a statement out last night, which appeared to indicate that he would be staying at Dundee now. I mean, it's unclear to me as to whether he's he's taking. I mean, is he taking a leave of absence from Dens to go and do this three month sabbatical, this three months work at, at Celtic, having taken? The sabbatical or is he doing both at the from same Dens, time, or yeah. is he doing both at the same time? You, can, I mean, you know, apart from the fact that there's potentially a conflict of interest and in how and and how people see things with being involved in two Premiership clubs. Now, you could argue that no, he's doing that at that level, at women's level, youth level, so that doesn't conflict with first team or whatever. I don't. You you can only ever place these things by you know, but what you do yourself, Eric. I mean, I, I'm over five years away from the staff job on the BBC now. When I left, Stephen Thompson, at Dundee United, asked me to join the board, and I said, oh, no, "I'm no, I'm continuing to work as a journalist. I'm, I'm going to cut back a wee bit, I have a bit more time to sell, but I'm going to work as a journalist." And he said to me, "You know, would you take a consultancy role?" And it, 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 a bit like Gordon's, it was quite unclear as to what the consultancy uh, uh, actually involved. But I thought we'd let it go, uh, let it go. Now. You know, the BBC um, uh, were still offering me work on a Saturday as a freelance, but I thought it wasn't right for me to be doing some consultancy work with Dundee United and still going and covering a game and having to call it on a Saturday when I was involved in that. So I didn't do it. Now, that cost me money. Not a fortune, but it cost me money. I just personally didn't think it was right to be, to do that. You know, there was nothing suggesting the consultancy work I did meant I had to be at Tannaday's on a Saturday or we'd United. I could have easily been doing, giving advice during the week and been away covering the game. Dingwall or or Perth or wherever on a Saturday, but I I thought it wasn't right. Those are my principles. Um, And it's, you know... Everyone must do what they think is right. Is there a conflict of interest? Not entirely sure. I don't think Gordon Stracken picks the first team or anything uh, at Den's and he won't be picking the first team, I think. There are some suggestions that Dermot Desmond has a soft spot for him and likes his, you know, the the feel oh, of you're gonna say he the picks the first and, team. Yeah, well <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he'd be doing that with the big fella, Angela after say he looks a pretty hardy character, he knows his own mind. But the, I think the key thing in life is how how do other people see things? You know, it's not, you know, what's happening in fact. It's how does it look to others? And I think this just kind of looks, it looks strange, to put it mildly. It just looks strange that you can be involved in two, you know, two professional premiership clubs in in, the same same league. league. Yeah, I mean, you know, you could argue if you were a financial consultant, if you were giving... Independent financial advice to clubs how to maximise their income or their match day income or something like that. Would there be a problem? Probably not unless you you knew something about one club, what you're fighting or I don't know. It's just there's just a feel about it that to me that you know it, it seems very very difficult to be involved in in one club and at the same time be involved in another at any given level. It just it doesn't it just doesn't kind of gel um, properly for me. And I think it's one that. That that fans will be confused with, to put it mildly.
0: Yeah, Sean. I mean, I think Jim. Yeah, I think Jim's spoken about that. He summed up. I think I'm pretty much in the, in a similar camp. It, it's. I mean, you know, and you speak to people at Cat I mean, there is. I know it's not the first team where they're. they're you know, they're they're competing for. You know, players potential signings. You know, looking to make. You know, sort of. You know different gains, and you know getting edge on each other. But it happens in academies as well. Now you're not telling me Gordon Strachan's Gordon Strachan's going to go to Celtic and say, "Well, yeah, we do this at Dundee potentially. I've changed this at Dundee. Why do you do this?" He may even th- he may even think, "Here's a here's a good coach you could get," or some you know what I mean? Or here's I've these scouts out in this country. I've been working with them. These consultants. You, you know, it's not as you know, you can't dismiss the academy world, can you? As as just this cosy place where everybody loves each other, they all share their secrets, and here we go type thing. What's what's good for Dundee is good for Celtic. You know what's what's your thoughts?
2: No, I, I, edge is the correct word. I think you, I think you are right. I think that there is an element in, in professional sport where clubs, individual clubs, will seek to have an edge over their competitors and in, in, in every respect. And now. When it comes to Dundee and Celtic, because they're on such different scales as businesses, there's a limit to what Dundee can do. And But then you might think one area where they might be able to just maybe have something or in terms of what they do, their methodology that, that's maybe a bit special, maybe that's somewhere they could have that. But if, if you've got the guy who's who's in, ostensibly in, 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 in charge of sort of setting the blueprint for how that's going to work, <laughs> going, going to Celtic and, and looking like it's going to be a, a similar sort of thing, then yeah, I think I think people are more than entitled to ask questions about that. I think it's it's quite odd. Yeah, it, it's all, quite an odd thing.
0: I mean, we all know that they, they like to Celtic Rangers, the big clubs like to hoover up the best young players, don't they? And mm-hmm. the, and the best yeah. coaches.
2: Aye, aye, yeah. It's 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 ever been ever been nuts. They spend a lot of money on the. Academies a lot more than uh, than the vast vast majority of other clubs. Uh, um, so yes, they they are they have a natural advantage and on that side of things. So if 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 Dundee believed and presumably they did when they when they got, asked Gordon Strachan to come in and and, and advise them in this role, that he was going to be a man who could give them some sort of edge on on youth development. That would have been the point, I assume, of bringing him in. So. Now that if the same guy's going to Celtic and doing the same sort of thing for them, albeit on a on a three month consultancy, as we're told, um, I mean it's still it's still effectively a similar job. To the one that he's he's tasked with doing it. Dundee. I, I suppose. So, I just don't understand.
1: Yeah, I suppose, Sean. <laughs> to, to, you know, if you were, I mean, uh, uh, until uh, you know, it's it's either clarified by one or both clubs as to exactly what the role <coughs> will be and how it might or might not affect you know uh, um, impact on, on 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 either club. I suppose the question you might say was, you know, would this be acceptable? if Gordon was doing this at Dundee United, as well as Dundee, or to Celtic fans, would it be acceptable if he was doing the role at Celtic, as well as Rangers? You know, I mean, mm. you know, mm. would, would, would people accept that, or would they say, oh, well, that's that's, that, that's not as I different? Think, I think it's, we know the
2: answer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed, you know, so I mean, it might be, it might be, you know, if, if the clubs can clear it up, it, it, become, it, it may become perfectly clear, and they say, no, no, actually, his role here will be this, his role there will be that, but the problem is you put, on the face of it you've someone who knows very well the internal workings of both clubs. Now nah, look
0: like, yeah, I suspect. And his it. and his role his role at Dundee <coughs> has always been very vague and wide range. It's been a broad brush, hasn't it? You know, well, so uh, yeah, he covers not, uh, he covers a uh, lot of parts of the club at Dundee, doesn't he? I'm not saying hands-on, but well he, although he did say I know he's done a lot of training sections and the like with the with the kids, you know, so there's a lot of potential blurring on the lines. It just feels to me as a it's one that it's obviously not in the SPFL rulebook, but I wonder if it might be after all no, this. Yeah.
1: I mean, it may well be that they're simply, to some extent, formalising, albeit on a temporary basis, you know, the type of thing that goes on. Anyhow, I mean, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure that Dermot Desmond hasn't stopped speaking to Gordon Strachan because he went to Dens Park. So okay. yeah. he may well speak to him on a regular basis. They probably do, you know, they kind of, they're friends as well as kind of uh, having, uh, you know, um, as having work for them as well. So, you know, that, that, that football tends to have that kind of fluid nature, that, that fluid kind of element um, to it. You know, I, I mean, I always think back to, Uh, the the Jackie McNamara thing we touched on it the other week you know when uh, you get managers getting a cut of transfer fees and all the rest of it in many industries people would be utterly appalled at at, at these sort of things but it's going on in football football has always operated on different rules Um, ultimately the the question is this how do the authorities see it is there anything uh, that breaches the regulations I suspect not Um, and how do fans see it are fans upset with it do fans see anything worrying and if not not then, you know. Who are we to judge?
0: Here we are. Who are we to judge? Well, it's a podcast, Jim. We've got to judge. So there we go. Anyway, <laughs> okay. Shouldn't do it? That. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, <laughs> yeah, right. Saint Speak right? Have we? Did we all get a bit excited about that one-one draw and carried away with how doable it is to knock them out, or is it now a realistic prospect for you?
2: um it, It's it's as it was last week for me. It's it, it's there's no getting away from the fact that Galatasaray are in terms of of budgets and we've spoke about the impact they can have on the quality of the player that you can you can bring in they're miles beyond St Johnston so logical extension of that is that <laughs> in terms of the quality of individual players they should be they should be a fair bit ahead of St. so is it going to be easy for St Johnston to do the job absolutely not It would be very, very difficult. Galatasaray are a good side. But is it possible? I still think so. Yeah. If the the circumstances align correctly, if St. Johnson are as organised and disciplined and, and, and switched on as they were in Turkey, and if Galatasaray are, when they obviously had a good start, but if they sort of become... <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't become passive but but they, they sort of fell out of the game a bit as it went on. I think they, they seemed to, to lose their way a wee bit. And if there's a, if there's an element of that and St Johnson do what they're supposed to do, then yeah, why not? I, I, I do think it's possible. And I think that's that's probably reflected in and the fact that so many people in Perth are <laughs> so keen to get to the game. Um I think and, and also I mean the fact that people haven't been in, in in any great numbers to, to football stadiums in a and very there's a long few, time as there's a of Household in that.
0: names as well and the Turkey team yeah. one of those, isn't it? Yeah, but no, there's a lot of things going in the mix. But Jim, I guess if their goalie decides to go what you know, decides to go running out his bo- box and all that sort of stuff, that would yeah, help as well. Yeah. But I mean where's where's your feelings on this one? You you think it's are Galatasaray strong favourites mm. still? I,
1: I noticed, I noticed that nervous wee laugh there from Sean, which he sometimes doesn't get when he's talking about Saints. You know, his pessimistic <laughs> nature. It was almost like for for all final that, that Herbert Lom laugh when he was the boss of uh, uh, the boss in Pink Panther of Inspector Clues or that. <laughs> 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 that kind of nervous, and to be honest with you, I mean, th- there are reasons to be potentially nervous here. I mean, Galatasaray are one of the, kind. I of saw uh, Murray Davidson saying they're one of the great world sides, and they, they're certainly one of the great European sides. You know, I mean, this is uh, th- th- this could go any way. You know, you kind of wonder: uh, Did Galatasaray show enough? Have Saints got enough in the in the tank to? Cause an upset. It is only 11 against 11, but they have a quality about them um, that, you know, I think was undeniable in the first game. There was no doubt about that. You know, when you <clears throat> when you look around them and you see the kind of quality of players have got, like the Babbles, um, uh, you know, and uh, I mean, every one of them, buoy, you know, the rest of it, full back, you know, there's just, there's talent aplenty there. Um, <clears throat> Saints will absolutely have to beat their metal. I've seen one or two people suggesting it, a full house, it's almost the full house, uh, I think, um, uh, you know, might kind of create the kind of atmosphere that um, that could swing it for saints. I doubt very much if Galatasaray, who is the best one in the world, are going to be, you know, uh, uh, shrinking in terror from 10,000 to McDermott Park, given some of the atmospheres they will play in, uh, in Turkey against their great rivals. Um, but it's. On on the night, anything can happen. Saints have you know they've not set their heather on fire. And they're opening a couple of league games, but on the night, if, if, if they're kind of you know if they're driven by you know desire and they've got the energy and the tempo and all the rest of it, who know, who knows what what might happen? But it's it's I I mean I know it's a pot. Well, I suppose we've got to call it. So my suspicion is that Galatasaray will win this one. They might you know they might win about one or one nil, two on something like that. Um, but it's, it's it's not impossible. It's a game of football. I mean, don't the United have proven it over the years. Say Sell other week and in their great days when United had some terrific football players they weren't necessarily always always man for man over 11 players a better team than some of the huge uh, clubs that they beat, you know I mean? It would be difficult to argue that they were better individually every time they played Barcelona from positions 1 to 11, but on the night as a team, they they, they, ha- they, you know, they, they, they had enough with their game plan, their, their tactics and all the rest of it to win this. So it depends on two things. It depends on Saints on the night, it depends on how well Galatasaray travel, but I kind of do tend to think the money's on Galatasaray.
0: Yes, well, after that, it's going to be the I was going to say Betfred Cup again, you know. There we go. Can, can, do, can we call St Johnson the Betfred Cup holders because they, as they as they won it when it was the Betfred Cup, or were, are we now calling them the Premier Sports Cup holders? Anyway, neat, I should have really clarified that one. But it's the Premier Sports Cup now. Dundee United, Air United. It should have been the Lawrence Shanklin Derby, Sean. But I don't. Something tells me we're not going to find out if that thigh strain was a thigh strain or it was a it was a pre-transfer thigh strain. Um, he looks like a man who's on his way
2: he will be uh, very very imminently Let's and for how there. much uh, well that's that is the, that is the the question we, uh, whether whether united will tell us is, is I, I suspect they won't actually um <clears throat> they'll they'll want to keep that to themselves um whether the it comes out from the belgian side is is, is another matter um because there, there already have been figures banded about um there was a, a Belgian journalist who works for the the, the paper in Antwerp where uh beershaw are based who had published a story uh, the other day that it was that it was 1 million pounds which is 1.18 million euros apparently so um that was the figure they've said I think that we've had ones that are slightly lower than that um but with add-ons and what have you uh, which could which could make it up so um yeah it, it'll, <laughs> And initially, you would imagine somewhere in the region of half a million, and then it could it could well go up from there. Um, which, under the circumstances, I mean, you could probably say it's pretty decent actually. It's uh, especially if you get it up from there with one year to go in the contract um, after a, a season that it wasn't particularly good in terms of goal scoring And Attani did get nine goals last season, so it wasn't a, an absolute disaster by any stretch, but. Um, it, it wasn't the, the return that United would have hoped for in goals, uh, goals wise from him, um, and there are factors for that. We all know what they are. Um, so yep, he he will be away. Um, and that, that that's the end of that. So, I'm not I'm not sure where Lawrence Shacklin stacks yeah. up now, in, in, in terms of done the United strikers over the years, does he does he? Jim know better than me. Does he? Does he even trouble the top ten?
1: Uh, it, it depends whether you <clears throat> depends whether you're talking statistically or um <clears throat> you know in terms of how how you view an overall contribution of a player lent a service kind of Innate ability and all the rest. No, no. I mean, I, I, think that Shanklin will be fondly remembered, for for a specific small period in the club's history. But, you know, I, I don't think he's one. I, I don't think he'll be going on the kind of any of the kind of the legends boards or or anything like that. I mean, I know that. I mean, I had a quick blather with Tony Asgar on Saturday at Paradise, and you know, yes, you're, you're trying to kind of you're trying to kind of extract information and Tony says this is the want way with, with people trying to help, but, but not give too much away. But he did, you know, he did indicate that there were one or two we kind of, you know, dots to be, um, Dotted and X's to be crossed, or whatever the the is. X's he, T's, he, he, I, I think you'll find that, it. that was it. That was it. He'd be, <laughs> on, he'd be, he'd be on his on his bike basically, <clears throat> and yes, I, and I did say to him. I think it'll be good for the club, and I think it'll be good for Shanklin. I don't think he's been the same player during lockdown. I think he's become a dad, isn't he? During all this period and all the rest of rest? I kind of sense that that his mind hasn't quite, you know, been been. Um, in the right place at Tardice uh, I mean it looks like they might be bringing Mc... I mean there's a couple of players coming isn't there and there's a Finnish guy I've heard there might be an African Yeah well Miami, it unlocks you know. the door so, doesn't it this
0: yeah, is obviously what they've been waiting for get a bit of money in, and we can spend That's, a bit of it Yes absolutely and and I think
1: you know you, you probably want to kind of my, my I think the issue with, with, with Lauren Shank there's no doubt he, he has a goal there's an argument rages about can he score goals at a higher level but um, now, that that's that's open. That's very much open to debate. He was certainly in the championship. He was prolific. There's no doubt about that. Um, but I, I think you used the word um, earlier on. We talked earlier on about you know the word mobility. Um, I think in the modern game, for a kind of a number nine to lead the line. Um, you need a wee bit more mobility. Uh, he, doesn't, of, he doesn't have yeah, it. Or doesn't seven, have not He's not particularly pacey. He's not particularly quick. Holds the ball up well. Lays it off well, and the rest. And he has an eye for goal, no doubt about that. But I think in the Premiership, at Premiership level, he needs somebody who's just that wee bit kind of sparkier in terms of movement, touch, mobility. You know that that, that 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 first fraction of a second, that first movement, kind of left or right of a of a marker, spinning off the shoulder, that kind of thing. Um, that's where maybe a McNulty, if he comes back, or, or a similar type of player, um, I, I think will will we'll fill that, that, that hole. And quite nicely. I mean, Shanklin, I don't think, was ever going to, even with the service, which, you know, arguably he was denied under uh, Mickey Mellon, I, I I don't think he was going to ever score the goals had he been fully fit, got the service in the Premiership that he'd scored in the Championship. You're stepping up a level, we're stepping up a gear, we know that. So, you know, I don't think it will be a, a, a bad move at all, either for the player, um, or for um, you know, or, or for United, opens the door up to bring someone else and different type of player um, who will hopefully buy into to what's going on at Tanady's. Uh So I think it's it's probably it's, it's it's good news all around I think
0: I think if it is McNulty, Sean, I think McNulty without without Shanklin around there is an intriguing, wasn't it? Because I mean, I, I you know, I never felt as if the two of them were a natural fit in the same team, but. Mark McNulty with busy, you know, with, with with sort of, you know, good, busy players around him, you, you know, good service. He could potentially have a, you never know, could have a potentially higher ceiling at the top flight than even Lauren Shankland. We don't know, do we? Uh,
2: no, no, we, we, we won't know. But one thing that I do know is that I like Mark McNulty as a player. Um, I think I said when he, when he came up um, last time that I'd seen a lot of him when he was at Hibs. Um, back when I was working for the Sunday Post, and I always really liked watching him play at that team. Um, and I, I think what I like about him at United last season was the fact that he was really, really upfront about how he felt it wasn't working. <laughs> Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I remember, yeah, I He never, he never had a head away from the fact that he wasn't he, satisfied. He was, he was basically with how he, he was, was playing. Mickey
0: Mellon's, Mickey Mellon's tactics were not. To his to his liking, shall we? Well, say. if you read
2: between the lines, then you, you might you might well have seen that message uh, <laughs> hidden in there, coded. But uh, he he never he never tried to claim it was going perfectly. He 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 was really upfront and went, you know, it's it's not going the way I would have wanted here. I need to score more goals. He was talking about getting in the Scotland squad when he came back up here. So it, he he thinks big, and then he doesn't hide away from that sort of big thinking as well. So I really admire that. Um And I mean, he's very open to, but as a player, I think there's, there's, there's a lot there that United fans have yet to see from him. So if it is him, if he does come in, I think that in terms of a replacement for Shankland would be a really good signing, really good. Uh, whether it's on loan or whether it's permanent, I, I, I don't know, but, but, a good player, no doubt about that. He, he
1: certainly has no future at um, uh, at Reading. I mean, you know, the, the, their boss Velko panovic uh, had told the local paper, I think it was the, the Reading Chronicle. Um, I mean, it, the words that he was quoted were saying that uh, McNulty's is a wonderful guy, and he probably does things the best he can, but we don't count on him, and that's the bottom line. Oh, um, that's I mean, that, so <laughs> That that was hardly a glowing kind of vote of confidence. So he's obviously not in 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 the plans. there. English football, I think, for a lot of Scottish players, proves a difficult environment. Um, combination of things, physically, tra- the, you know, the the you know, training the the, the distances that the the travel, you know, uh, games on Tuesday, three hundred mile away, games back on Saturday, a lot of travel and all the rest of There's a million and one reasons that a lot of Scots boys uh, don't do too well done in England and sometimes it's nothing to do with ability. Um, so I, I think if it is to be a McNulty, he's, um, yeah, I'm, I'm in Sean's camp. I think I like him as a player. I think he's lively, he's quick, he's smart, he's intelligent, he's quick upstairs as well. He thinks quickly about the game. I think that wouldn't be a bad um that would not be a bad move at all for United, and I think it could be a very, it'd be a different type of player from from Shankland. you might well find it as opposed to kind of, you know, one striker may expect to score all the goals, they come from a, a greater variety um, of various midfielders arriving in the box
0: and all the rest of it, you know, or a combination of Clark, um and McNulty, or whoever else. Right, the, the, so the, the last 16, we've got a fair few teams in the last 16 of the, the Premier Sports Cup. Are there any ties that catch your, your eye, Sean? Rangers Dunfermline. It's a shame Dunfermline aren't exactly playing well either. Going to Ibrox, otherwise, that could have been a real, you know, it could have been a really intriguing one. Well, maybe still will, but you know, Rangers will probably make make changes. Are both St Johnston, Air United, as we spoke about, Raith, Aberdeen, Dundee, Motherwalt. There you go. There's a few of them. Any of them you want to sink your teeth
2: into? Rangers Dunfermline. Uh- yeah, but uh, do you know it's funny about when we're when we're talking about is it a good time to play X team or Y team? And last week we thought it was a great time for Dundee to be playing Celtic. Some people might look at that and think it's a good time for Dunfermline to be playing Rangers now. <laughs> Off the back of that, and then the Champions League last night, and what have you. But uh, personally, I still think they're up against.
0: <laughs> Next, Jim Arbuthnot St. Johnson. Well, that's an intriguing one. Intriguing kickoff time, too,
1: isn't it? The off these days are bizarre. I mean, Race have been been tours I mean, before, to, a two yeah. o'clock at Gayfield, you know, um, Hibs Kelly the same day in Celtic Hearts as well. Celtic Hearts one looks fascinating to me, but are, are both at St John's so will be a very interesting one. I mean, you've got Saints coming off the back of this, what could be an emotionally draining uh, or, or therapeutic uh, night against Galatasaray, you know, um, facing a side who Dick Campbell's done a terrific job with, who've got a bit about them, you know, I mean, a physically strong, quick, um, smart side, you know, who've done really well to to stay up in the, in the championship side, who really fancy a tilt at Saints and, you know, I mean, if they can, you know, if they can uh, qualify a remember or both, And once you get in the later stages of all the competitions, you start to make some money, you know, so uh, there's a financial carrot, there's a financial incentive there uh, as well for her both against St. John's and of course, it Depends which way the wind blows because if the wind blows as it often does at, at, uh, at Gayfield, it can be a real leveller, you know. In terms of ability, St Johnson is a full time uh, premiership side, should have the edge top six side uh, European competitors, but oh, you, you would never ever uh, bet against their growth in anything these days.
0: No, yeah. Aberdeen have started well, Sean. So, Wraith v Aberdeen, mm.
2: yeah, that's it'll, it'll be a tough one. For Wraith, um, you would expect Aberdeen to have enough about them uh, to win that one. But I mean, Wraith, I suppose that they, they've proven themselves uh, a wee bit prone to coughing up goals <laughs> uh, at times, but they play some decent stuff at times as well. Uh, but I mean, on paper, you would look at it, and, and Aberdeen have started well. You would think that, that, that Stephen Glass's side will, uh, will win that one, I would have thought.
0: Dundee, mother, will the last one, I was. I did Saints Motherwell, and as much as I thought Saints deserved to win, and the still, I was still pretty impressed with Motherwell as well. I think Motherwell, oh, they'll be around about the same part of the table as Saints. Actually, they'll they'll either just get into the top six or they'll just miss out. They certainly, certainly don't look like a team that'll be bothered at the bottom of the league. I think it's a tough one for Dundee. Yes.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, Motherwell, a very good goalkeeper, and Kelly uh, in the back, and, and you know, the are the, the striker a looks like- a player. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, there are players about the place that I do, I do like. You know, Donnelly at the back, Donnelly in the midfield. You know, uh, Lammy at the back is a player I, I like too. There's a, I mean, the, the one thing I would say about Motherwell is like a lot of other teams these days. You start, you start to look at them and you go, "Hang on a second, who's he? Who's he? Where did he come from?" I mean, it's the nature of the way the game is changing so quickly these days. But Van, De, uh, you know, Van Veen up front and, and, and Woolery, I, I, th- I think Motherwell um, are, are a side who. Just always have something about them. They're, they're, they're always a, a, you know, they're a club. I think who have a have a, a great mentality. They're a fan owned club. There's 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 always something about Motherwell that, that I enjoy you know I enjoy watching them as a rule playing football and. Um, I, I, I think Dundee will have to be absolutely on their metal to, to win this one uh, I, I think uh, I mean you know in terms of club mentality in terms of the size of club frankly and I mean you know this I, I, not just talking about support I'm talking about where they've been long term premiership side and all the rest of it there's a mentality about Motherwell I think which is pretty strong and Dundee will have to be at their best to win this one
0: Good stuff well thanks guys we'll see how many we've got left in the, the draw for the last day, I'm thinking at least, at least two, possibly three. Okay, well, thanks again for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thank you.
2: If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes, or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find talking football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.